The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing. Do you know that you can really harness the power of your unconscious and maybe even get answers through your life through a process called dream incubation? And this is a, an, an old technique that's been rediscovered by our guest today that can help us access hidden wisdom, receive instructions and answers to our life in dreams. And maybe you're thinking, I don't even remember my dreams, but you can. I know that we can learn to remember our dreams and actually use them for our personal development. That's what therapist, dream expert, and founder of the Jung Society of Utah and the Jung platform, Mikhail Clark, has today for us. And I'm super excited about this topic because I love to dream. I dream like crazy. I remember all my dreams. I started lucid dreaming when I was a little kid, and this is one of my favorite topics. So I'm super happy to, um, and I loved your book, by the way, your fantastic book called Dream Guidance. So welcome to the show today. Thank you, Lisa. And such a pleasure to be with a fellow dreamer. And uh, I look forward yeah. to, uh, to hear also about your experiences. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. I'm happy to, I love talking about dreams. When I was little, my sister and I used to share our dreams together every morning. And I, I do that. I do that now with my daughter. It's the mm. first thing we do is talk about what we dreamed about. And I do have like really intense and crazy dreams, but tell us a little bit how you got into this topic of dreaming. Well, it was uh, really in my early twenties when I was uh, stuck in life. I was in the, in a pit of uh, unresolved grief and that had turned into depression and lethargy and I didn't know what to do, lack of meaning. And uh, in this uh, grim place, I by chance stumbled upon the works of Carl Jung, who gave me a an, uh, an, an, an way of an idea on how to work with dreams. And so then I started reading dreams and my own dreams and to my own uh, shock and delight, I saw what uh, what was going on inside of me, both uh, my shadow and uh, and destructive tendencies, but also uh, the impulses of, uh, of of the psyche where it wanted to grow and go in which directions. So I came uh, out of this pit uh, with a lifeline that connected me to a sense of purpose, and that's where it really uh, started. And I've been 
holding on to that line ever since. Hmm. That's amazing. What do people do when they can't remember their dreams? Because so many people can't. Yeah, it's uh, it's very common. And uh, actually, uh, all the research shows that we uh, dream every night. We probably dream two or three hours uh, even after each night. And the way to remember dreams is actually very simple. It is uh, showing interest in dreams. And you do that mm-hmm. by uh, getting a piece of paper or a journal and a pen, put it next to your bed, tell the dream, I uh, would love to remember you. And if you come tomorrow morning, I'll write you down. And then you have to follow through on it because dreams uh, have a tendency to evaporate mm-hmm. and uh, you have to uh, to write them down. Our short-term memory goes offline at night. So that's why we don't remember the dreams. But write them down. And if you do that, probably you have two, three, four dreams a week. And that's more than enough to uh, get some guidance, help, uh, another tool to navigate through life. I find for me that dreams that like sometimes are dreams we naturally remember right you just wake mm-hmm. up and they maybe we remember them for months or even years yes. afterwards and like those are like those are the significant ones right but how do we extract meaning out of them i mean i i'm a psychic and i teach psychic development and i teach my students how to remember their dreams and analyze their dreams mm-hmm. um, because i feel like the same muscle we use for interpreting psychic information it's sort of the same thing that we do with dream interpretation so it's a great yeah. practice yeah we have kind of this language of symbols you know yes. that the dreams come through and i think it takes some skill and some practice to sort of unlock the language of symbols and how what that means to us so where but where do we start with that indeed that is uh it it, it takes some practice uh, the, the the symbol uh the the, the meaning uh, approach towards dreams and uh, in my book, I also suggest for everyone that uh, just uh, starts from uh, from kind of scratch, instead of asking the question, what does this mean? You can ask the question, what is happening? And by the, asking that question, you get a storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it is uh, I'm walking somewhere and then I see a, a crocodile and I become uh, really angry and I kick the crocodile. So what what is happening is uh, I see something uh, that uh, I get scared from. And when I get really scared, I uh, attack it. I, uh, I kick it. And then I can ask myself the question, where in my life do I see this, this coming back? And uh, usually uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have somewhat of that pattern somewhere in our lives. That's mm-hmm. one way that a dream can show up. And that's a very easy, accessible way for anyone to start, if you don't have uh, have have much experience yet with uh, with with mm. dream work, that's great. I love that advice because I think it breaks it down into something really simple, like that simple narrative. Because sometimes it's so hard to understand, like like why are things happening in dreams, you know? And then translating it into what's going on in your life now. It's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And you were a student of, and sort of in the Jungian lineage of dream analysis, yes? Yes. And I, I love the story that you shared in your book about your dream about Jung and his platform, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I learned about Jungian dream analysis is sort of looking at everything in the dream as an aspect of ourselves, you know? So there's nothing inside of our psyche, inside of our unconscious that, is, that isn't us, right? What do you think about that? in the way of thinking about it, it becomes a bit a question, what is us? And uh, especially because Jung has this idea of uh, you have uh, the ego, 
and then the personal unconscious and the collective unconscious. So we do share a collective unconscious, you and I and everyone that listens, we're all having an, an, an shared field. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like the wave that is on the ocean. And the wave is made of the same material as uh, the ocean, it is part of the ocean. So there's technically nothing that is not part of, of the ocean. But the wave uh, in, in is also a, a separate entity in a certain form and fashion. Mm-hmm. But but what it's always good is to, to ask the question, where, where in myself do I recognize this, uh, this character? Uh, where me is the beggar or the hero or the athlete or whatever character we, we meet or uh, the car that uh, drives really fast or has a hard time uh, braking or whatever the car is doing. And uh, so those, those are great questions to ask and, uh, and to see what and where in me or in my life do I recognize this. Mm, I love that. And you talk a little bit about lucid dreaming. I've been a lucid dreamer my almost my entire life. And mm. I remember having even as a child lucid dreams, like when I was really, really young. And I had a lot of nightmares, you know, uh, as yes. a kid. And I still do, actually. Yeah. And I wake myself up early in the morning because I rem- I'm, as I'm dreaming, I find the dreams quite, I'm like, oh, like, oh, this dream is so painful or this dream is so crazy it was so uncomfortable i have to actually get out of bed and stop dreaming you know so what do we do about lucid dreams do they happen to everybody or can you teach yourself how to do that well it it appears that some people have a more natural affinity uh, with lucid dreamings than others and uh, very often uh, people uh, uh, learned it because they had nightmares and on a certain moment they started recognizing hey uh, Godzilla isn't uh, is again in my dream, or I see again the witch, or again chased. And uh, what being lucid has as a big advantage is that if you get lucid in a dream and you're being chased, uh, you could you could turn around, and you maybe do this. You could turn around and say, "Who are you? What brings you here? What uh, do you have a message for me?" And then we ex- get usually very interesting information uh, from uh, from these dream characters mm-hmm. yeah that's what happened to me when i was really young my first i was probably five or six and there was like a monster chasing mm. me you know in the dream and i i just got mad i was a recurring dream and yeah. so i turned around and i and i said i was like had my finger in this like kind of like a demon looking thing you know and and i was like i know who you are is what i said to it and it was like and it just got like turned into this, like it got really small and like yeah. ran away. You know what I mean? And I don't know what I meant when I said that. Mm-hmm. I just, and I never had that dream again. It was, it was done. Well, but that's, that's I, I, I love it uh, for so many reasons. Uh, and I think it, uh, it is also a great example of when we turn towards that, what we fear very often it shrinks. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we run away because we were scared. And uh, then it only becomes bigger. And maybe uh, something in you knew what it was that was haunting you, a feeling, a thought, something. You were like, yes, I know who you are. And the moment that you know, actually, uh, the monster is not not as bad or as big as as we feel it to be. And that that is very often in these lucid dreams the case. Yeah. So interesting. So... Let's talk about the dream incubation because I love that. And I love the way that you 
that, you know, I've, I've learned some things about like asking questions for my dreams and having kind of psychic dreams, you know, or uh-huh. prophetic dreams, but yeah. they, to me, they come unbidden, you know, like they just show up when they show up. And I, I never actually really thought about prompting them, you know, requesting them. And yeah. I, I got so excited about the potential to do that. So let's talk about that. Well, it's probably not uh, not so different uh, from uh, um, uh, the way you are doing your psychic work. Just in this uh, this reality, you you I I don't know how you do it, but in certain way you engage with the world of the other world or the spirit world or the world of imagination uh, uh, with an, uh, an intent and a request, and then get uh, an answer. And uh, the similar process is an age-old process that so many uh, cultures around the world has uh, had figured out that you can ask spirit or the dream or God or your ancestors, whatever you want to call that mystery that is uh, in the dream and behind the dream. And you can ask it a question in order for you to get a helpful response. And <clears throat> we can ask it almost anything as long as it is relevant to our life path. And... Uh, there are certain steps that we can do to make to to trigger it better, such as uh, asking the right question, making sure that we do some form of a ritual. It's really a, a certain way of of communicating to the other side, letting it know that we want to know how can we be more loving, or how can I grow my business, or what's going on between me and this person, or whatever question one has. Hmm. And what? What are some steps like I learned a technique about drinking a glass of water or writing the question and saying, like, with this glass of water, I'm going to know the answer or yeah. writing it, writing it on a slip of paper and putting it under my pillow, which is like, mm-hmm. a, you know, just kind of a ritual like you talked about. Do you do things like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a ritual. The last one that you mentioned was uh, the way that uh, in uh, the old Egyptian times, the Egyptians uh, asked also a question and they would write it down and then put it under their uh, their pillow. So it's mm. an, uh, an age-old technique. <laughs> it, I, what I've seen is in studying all these traditions that they all do a ritual, whether it is drinking water, uh, writing it down, sleeping on a, in a certain position. And I've, I've noticed in my own experiments and, and with other people that it doesn't matter so much which ritual you do but that you do a ritual so that you do communicate to the other side. This is important that you show respect, that you uh, spend some time. You can make a drawing, you can do a dance, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Mm. But spend some time and treat it as if you're visiting this old wise counselor and uh, uh, or mentor or uh, wise man or woman and that you want to uh, get some support for your life and if you treat it as a real relationship with uh, respect that uh, just uh, the other side seems to uh, respond favorably to that and when you say the other side what do you what do you mean well what jung would probably call uh, the uh, the collective unconscious and uh, I think there is a world behind the world. And that world, uh, we enter into a world at night when we sleep. The dream is really a world. And I think it's one of the other worlds that coexist to this world that is inhabited by 
dream beings and ancestors and spirit guides. And uh, there's a larger awareness that uh, seems to be interested in, uh, in supporting and educating us. And so that world that is both behind this world as currently coexisting, we can, uh, we can, we can engage with it. There's a creative intelligence in the universe and, uh, and, and that, uh, that we can petition for support. Yeah. So like we could think about it as the spirit world or <clears throat> the astral world or the psychic world, you know, where we exist at a higher level, where our souls hang out, where maybe the angels and the guides mm-hmm. that are watching over us. And, and I find, especially with my psychic students that a lot of people are really shut down to sort of a metaphysical life and are real, just living a very day-to-day life maybe the only access they get to that other world is through dreams, through sleeping. It's like our conscious mind shuts down and allows this other deeper part of our being to, you know, to get counsel or to see what we're, you know, get, get advice and help along the way. Yeah. And it, and it is for sure. Um, another world, the, the dream we experience, uh, not as a movie or it's not a letter being sent to us. It's we are somewhere, anyone can go to their recent dream or a big dream they had, and you will notice I am somewhere and there is a figure Mm -hmm. walking around, I'm interacting, and and usually, besides when you're lucid, we take that world for real and uh, we're uh, we're interacting there and we even Mm -hmm. forget about this world. And then we wake up and we take this world for very real and then we go to that (laughs) and we're in another world. So we're, we're living in different worlds uh, all the time. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. Great. Well, let's keep talking about it right now. We're going to take a small break. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. We are back here talking about dream guidance with Machiel Clerk. Such fantastic stuff. So I'm really interested in the fact that you've traveled all over the world and studied dreaming in different cultures. That's such a cool thing to do. What did you discover about the way different cultures or parts of the world dream? Do we have different dreams? Is there a cultural representation there? Yes, I, I, I thought it's one of the privileges uh, I experience in my life that I can travel around and talk with people about their dreams. And the interesting thing is it's uh, something we all share. Every human dreams, humanity uh, shares the, the, the dreaming experience, no matter the age or the race or uh, the sex, the gender, whatever. And even most of us, share that in our dreams certain uh, it's it's an uh, our our life seems to uh, we all have guidance in in the dreams and but uh, there are are indeed uh, cultural differences and uh, it is also uh, 
certain cultures have uh, have have, uh, for example, uh, identified an uh, an figure with certain qualities. Like in the old Greek times, they thought that the snake was a healing symbol. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, if you would meet a snake uh, on your dreaming night, people would be ecstatic. Like, oh, this mm. is a fortunate uh, indication. And people would get better. Then other mm. cultures these, uh, think the snake is in devil. And uh, right. so uh, people attribute different qualities sometimes to, uh, to, to dream figures, which seems to be, say, more about the cultural level that takes on the form and shape in the dream than uh, about the dream being itself. And what I noticed also is in Africa, for example, it's uh, really thought that uh, dreams are a way to engage with the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And the, the primary way of communicating with, uh, with the ancestors is dream. And I, I think in our Western traditions and the dream interpretation traditions, it's, it's usually a bit more analytical. And there the, uh, there the approach is more relational and seeing what the ancestors have to say and continue to yeah, really build a relationship. So there are there are definitely differences around the world. So interesting. I love that. And I know you and your work is you're you know, you've been trained as a therapist and work with people in a therapeutic way and used and helping people understand their dreams is a big part of that. So how can dreams help us in our inner healing? Dreams uh, have an, um, a try, the, 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 the psyche moves towards uh, uh, health and wholeness. So there's an inner, uh, just like the body, if there's a uh, cut on the body, the body will heal itself. And the psyche also uh, will heal itself and is moving to the realization of its own potential. So if we come into the world with uh, certain qualities, so, uh, then those qualities try to express themselves just as the rose seed tries to become a rose. Mm. And if I'm a soccer player, then that inner seed of the soccer player wants to express itself in and through me. And uh, in, in the dreams, you can see that there's the, that there's, that the, there's a direction towards the, the psyche seems to stream. And if we align with the stream of life, we start getting in the flow of life, starting to experience more wholeness, and the inner healing is, uh, is, is more actively working by us engaging with it. Just if we uh, clean the wound, the body uh, heals uh, better and easier mm-hmm. by engagement with our problems and our talents, they develop better. Not mm-hmm. unlike you engaged with the uh, fearful character that, that was chasing you. And because you engaged with it, it shrunk and it disappeared. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a clear correlation between engagement and the healing propensities that the psyche uh, has. Hmm. I always have made like a distinction in my own dreaming life around sort of like prophetic dreams and emotional dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have these deeply like emotional dreams. The first one I remember sort of really looking, I was probably in my twenties <laughs> and I dreamt that I was with my family. It was like Thanksgiving or something. And I got really angry in the dream and I like pushed the table over. And then I got really huge, like, like Godzilla. Mm. And I started stomping like raw, <laughs> like through like the house. And then it was bigger. I was like, stomp, like stomping through the city, smashing to destroying everything. 
<laughs> and in the dream, it was really fun. I was like, this is awesome. This feels so good. And I woke up in the morning and I thought, I wonder if I'm angry about something. <laughs> and I was like, I never get angry. Like, I can't be angry wow. about something. Uh, and then I was like, oh, man. Me, yeah. Like, of course, we're, we're, I'm a human being. Of course, I get angry. And I was, and I right. realized like I was stuffing all of that anger into my subconscious and putting it in my shadow. And then I had this, this recurring dream about being Godzilla <laughs> until mm -hmm. I actually dealt like, maybe I'm angry at my family. <laughs> maybe there's something coming up on Thanksgiving that's not going to be great, you know? And then I stopped, I stopped being Godzilla in my dreams when I dealt with my anger directly. <laughs> that's a beautiful way in which it shows how, how dreams. Uh, move towards uh, it, the realization of itself. Your mm. your anger and healthy boundary setting and advocating for your own needs was uh, pushed uh, into the into your own uh, depths and, and your psyche, but it didn't go away. So right. initially, it comes out a bit uh, overly forceful as uh, Godzilla, but uh, actually, uh, Godzilla contains the medicine all the strength and power and ability to set boundaries and speak up that you need it. Mm. And it's yeah. so beautiful that you uh, tapped into that and then uh, integrated that in your life. So because Zilla could go away again and that uh, you uh, <laughs> had those, uh, those qualities. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I think that is for, for everyone has those dreams and that's how everyone can, when they tap into their dreaming life, they can help it move forward a little quicker. So we can move through our problems a little faster mm -hmm. and bring mm -hmm. our talents out a little quicker. Right. Because it's like a, a deep look into that subconscious, the psyche. And I think that's a very soulful part of us, you know? So it seems yeah. like what you're saying is like, it's soul work really like in dreams, give us like access into directly into our, into yeah. our soul, into this deeper, if you, if you part, if you can, you know, under, use that word, like, but Jung didn't really talk about that so much. He talked about the psyche, but it, to me, it's such a soulful experience and dreams give us access to that point. Yeah, and I, agree. I, and that's why I love dream. And sometimes like my subconscious is not very subtle. <laughs> it's not very, <laughs> it's got a kind of a sense of humor and it's not very subtle, but I appreciate that the direct message. So it's okay. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, and, and for, for most of us, the psyche uh, is uh, is really interested in helping and educating and becoming itself, mm. and so it uh, it steps over uh, political correctness and uh, right. all kinds of other things because it uh, it's just it's really nature and how a tree grows uh, is maybe also not really subtle, but it's right. really uh, important and beautiful, and that's how uh, how the tree can can blossom, and that's how you got to blossom and. Many people can blossom by this connection. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about your dream about the Young platform and where that led you in your life. That was a spontaneous, helpful dream in which I uh, was floating above the Lake of Zurich and I saw Carl Jung's house and he, was, uh, he has a house at the lake and he was building an, uh, an, a new concrete square platform that was attached to his yard and, and to a dock. And I'm watching all of this. And uh, then he sits on, uh, on a chair reading a book. And at once, the platform and Jung disappear. And uh, I uh, see this and a voice behind me says, now you have to draw it. 
identical to how it was. I find myself with a pencil in my hand and I think I can draw, make a line. It's a little bit more straight than I thought I could. And then I wake up and, uh, mm. and I thought, uh, I, I took it as a suggestion to build a platform for Jung and Jungian psychology and soul psychology that builds further on Jung's work, yet is, uh, is related to it. Then I first created an, an, a nonprofit in uh, Utah where we did in-person events. And a little bit later, I started a an, uh, an, an for-profit organization where we create soulful psychological programs for the general audience on Jungian psychology, but also the broad range of dreams and African shamanism. Mm. And uh, I've been uh, uh, building it ever since. And so that's a, it's a really clear example of how a dream can, can, can create a foca- can be a vocational dream. And uh, I keep on working on it and it's uh, most of the days it's a joy uh, to do. <laughs> that's good. So I gave you like a really powerful suggestion for bringing your life purpose together in a way that is really impactful for other people. Yeah. It is uh, my most uh, important vocational dream I had and, uh, and I'm really grateful for it. And, 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 and I think that uh, there's something uh, I see it in myself, but also in other people, there's something in us that uh, we we don't come as uh, empty uh, into the world. We come with, uh, with talents and gifts. Right. And, and back of goodies and these goodies yeah. uh they 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 express themselves in dream even before they come into this world dream is uh, is the first place and fantasy is another place where you can 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 see it uh, just like we fantasize about things that we like or the partner we want or the house we uh, we enjoy or whatever uh, and dreams are a place where we can find uh, our vocation uh, as it is uh, its natural place to uh, to show up there. That's beautiful. So let's talk about where people can find you and, and find your work and buy your book. Well, thank you. Um, Dream Guidance is the title of my book, and it will give an easy five-step process on uh, how to ask your dream a, a question for anything that's relevant uh, to your life. It is uh, available uh, at the at the major uh, bookstores like Barnes and Nobles. You can get it online at uh, Amazon, or go to my website, which we probably need to do in the show notes because it's my name, Machielclerk.com. <laughs> but Dream Guidance, you probably uh, it will probably also show up. And on uh, on Jung Platform, J U N G Platform.com, there are many great courses on. Uh, uh, Jungian psychology, like synchronicity and archetypes and shadow work, mm, all uh, good stuff for uh, for yeah, all the good stuff for uh, <laughs> beginners and intermediate. Uh, we have over 150 programs, so wow, come and check it out and see. Amazing, if yeah. Good. Well, Makiel, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I love your work, and I'm just thrilled to have you here on the show today. Thank you, Lisa. It was such a delight to be with a fellow dreamer. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks all of you for tuning in. If you want to find me, you can find me on my website, lisacampion.com. Come by and check out what I'm doing. Mostly these days, I'm working with psychics, healers, and empaths to fully step into their gifts because I think the world needs all the healers it can get now more than ever. So come by and visit. And thanks for being with us today. 
here on the Miracle of Healing, where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind Body Spirit FM. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.